Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us. Coming up later in the show, Minnesota Governor Tim Walz extended many of his what I'm calling shutdowns, especially regarding uh, in dining for the restaurants. We all know what's happening with the restaurant up in East Grand Forks. They wanted to reopen, defy governor's order. So I actually had a chance to ask Governor Walls, hey, what are you going to do if 150, 200 plus restaurants, which is the conversation that's happening right now in Minnesota, what if they all reopen tomorrow and defy your executive order? Hear his answer coming up later in the show. I want to start tonight, though, also because uh, Minnesota, Go Minnesota Governor, North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum also held his COVID presser today as well. They, they just start to mix together. There's so many press conferences going on as of late. And folks, I got to tell you, I could have probably a two-hour show tonight. That, that's how much content is available with all this. Obviously, I've got to, you know, pare it down here. I'm going to give you the most important things you need to know from these press conferences. But number one, in Governor Burgum's press conference today, they talked about therapeutics. If you watch the show regularly, you know that last night we talked about therapeutics for COVID. I asked specifically today about the one we spoke about last night. So you're going to find out if North Dakota is using that one or not, which, by the way, According to a study in Argentina, it's got a 100% effectivity rate. It's effective 100% as a prophylactic to fight against COVID. So are we using it in North Dakota or not? Stick around to find out more about that. But what I really want to do tonight is share with you data, information, okay, of what's really happening versus what you're being told. Because they're, they're not the same thing, okay? Also, Governor Burgum today talked about the vaccine and what's happening here in North Dakota with the vaccine. I'm going to share with you a soundbite from Molly Howell and then from Governor Burgum and a doctor from San Alexis Health that are going to make your brain just go, wait, what? what, what what's happening here? What am I supposed to do? That's what's coming here tonight. So let's start with this. You, were, we, you and I were told, hey, stay home, stay home for Thanksgiving. Don't be around extended family. You're going to have to limit how many people you're with, how many families can get together in a room, because if you don't, we're going to see a major post-Thanksgiving spike probably two weeks or so after Thanksgiving. Well, here we are now, well after two weeks for Thanksgiving. I want to share with you what was on the North Dakota Department of Health website earlier today. And you can see, whoa, look at that there spike. Yeah, it's going exactly in the right direction, going way, way down. Now, you've got to ask yourself, and I put this up on Twitter, so... Here's the obvious question. Were North Dakotans that compliant over Thanksgiving? Or was there just never really going to be a post-Thanksgiving spike? I don't know if we're ever going to really know the answer to that. But if you remember Dr. Burks when she was in Bismarck talking about people wearing masks, she says, hey, Bismarck, <laughs> Bismarck is the worst compliant city that she's been to. And she'd been to like, I think, 38 states. Or th I mean, she'd been to a lot of places. And Bismarck was the least compliant. So it's hard for me to believe that all of a sudden, within a few weeks, North Dakotans became, you know, uber compliant regarding, hey, don't go be with family over Thanksgiving. And again, just bring that graphic up one more time, please, if you would, Zach, just to let you see that, you know, is there the possibility, again, I'm not an epidemiologist, but is there a possibility that North Dakota, we've done a lot of testing, is moving in a direction of herd immunity? I don't know, but you look at that graph, very interesting. I mean, where it peaks there is back in early November, maybe, you know, first couple weeks in November. So something to think about. Again, we were told stay home. If you don't, there's going to be a massive spike. Clearly, that's not what's happening. Again, is it because we're super compliant or not? The other thing I want to share with you is this. Think about this for a moment. Minnesota has been basically in a lockdown now for quite some time. You know, the restaurants aren't open. Theaters aren't open. Gyms weren't open. They've had the mask mandate now for 
an incredibly long period of time. So earlier today, Governor Burgum talked about the positivity rates in the upper Midwest. Let's bring this graphic up, please, as well. Uh, I don't know if you can see this or not, but, but North Dakota, who has not really been on lockdown, we just started a mask mandate as of late, North Dakota has got a lower positivity rate than Minnesota. We were told mask mandate, shut down, stay at home, that's going to slow the spread. So I'm curious for you out there, how, how would you explain, knowing what Minnesota's done versus what North Dakota's done, how do you explain that North Dakota's got a lower positivity rate than Minnesota? Now, one idea that's possible out there is you could say, hey, North Dakota's done a lot more testing, thus they've tested a lot more people that are negative, and that could lower the positivity rate. That's a possibility, but I just think, again, the data is very interesting compared to what we are told versus what data is actually bearing out to be true and factual. As you know, here in Point of View, we're fighting for the truth for you. Now, what I also want to share with you is this, is I'm hoping that many of you have seen over the past few years, especially with President Trump and as of late, is how influential, influential the media is and can be. And what's fascinating, because I've studied influence, right? I traveled with Tony Robbins for a while. I studied this stuff, and I see a lot of ways that the media utilizes what's called subconscious or unconscious influence tools. If you've never read the book called Influence from Robert Cialdini, do yourself a favor and do it. There's a thing in there called social proof. Social proof is where you get a bunch of people on board, and they're saying, yay, this is great, we love this. And then you start to go, oh, well, if they think it's great, then it must be great, okay? And whether we want to admit this or not, we as humans, we are... Fortunately, unfortunately, we're like Pavlov's dogs, right? Ring the bell, show the food, salivate. Ring the, eventually, you just ring the bell, you salivate, and it's called a positive reward, and people get very influenced by positive rewards. So I want to play this for you. Before we play this act, let me set this up. The clip you're about to see happened at a government news conference. And, I'll, and look, I don't care if you're pro-vax, anti-vax. All I'm saying, this is a government news conference, okay? And what happened is they actually had two people today take the vaccine publicly. I'm just going to play this for you. You can surmise how you want to surmise it. But I really want you to notice is what happens at the end here based on social proof. If you watch the presser today, you saw Molly Howell, many others going, oh, my gosh, I'm so jealous that you get to get the vaccine and I don't, which is fine. That's their opinion. I understand that. But again, this is a government presser. And, my, and Zach, keep my mic up while you play this. So I'm going to kind of walk people through this. So this woman, she's a nurse, or I think she works in long-term care. She got up to speak. And then you can see her here. They start to, you know, do, I guess, the alcohol rub or whatnot, get her ready to go. And you're going to see in a moment that she takes the vaccine. Zach, if you can bring the audio up on this, please, and just keep my mic up, because what I want people to pay attention to is that once she gets the vaccine, what happens? So hopefully you can hear this. <laughs> I know it's subtle, but because I've studied influence, I'm just sharing with you what's going on there. Is it, oh, hey, look at this person. Yay, right? It's just an unconscious influence tool. You can put your own wording here that you might want to use, starts with a P, in the context of what's going on there. Would love to know your thoughts. So there they are using the carrot to say, look, this vaccine's awesome. You should really do it. They said it a, you know, a ton of times today. But if the carrot doesn't work to get you for the vaccine, here's another strategy. Maybe we try the stick. Now, one of our viewers sent this to me, so thank you for sending this to us. Um, but this is a, 
FAQ, Frequently Asked Question, that's on the North Dakota Department of Health for healthcare workers. I'm going to share with you the underlying part there, what it says. Again, if the carrot doesn't work by applauding you to get the vaccine, let's try the stick. As Dr. Paul, I'm quoting here, as Dr. Paul Offit has said, the choice not to get a COVID-19 vaccine is the choice to be among the now 250,000 people who have died from this virus. They go on to say not getting vaccinated is the radical choice. So please, I'm going to go through this and I've got some other clips I want to show you. So basically what, according to the doctor offering this document is saying is if you choose not to get the vaccine, in so many words, he's saying you're choosing to, to, to die. Okay. So take that for what it is. And also if you choose not to get the vaccine, then you're a radical. So just keep that in mind. And now listen to what I'm about to share with you. Molly Howell, again, she uh, is the North Dakota Department of Health Immunization Program Manager. She got up today, talked about the vaccine, said a lot of interesting things. Say, if I've had COVID, should I get it? Yes, you should. If you're pregnant, breastfeeding woman, yes, you can still get the vaccine. Just be aware, which, oh, by the way, in case you didn't hear in Alaska today, somebody got the vaccine, had an allergic reaction to it. We've talked about that in the past as well. But here's the most important thing. We are all being told vaccine, vaccine, vaccine. That's the only way to get back to normal. I talked last night about therapeutics. We're going to talk more about that in a moment. So if vaccine's the only way to get back to normal and you're going to take it, you presume you're taking it for a reason, right? So listen to what Molly Howell says about even if you take the vaccine, let's play the clip. And then I just wanted to remind everyone that even after vaccinated, um, you still do need to take appropriate precautions, including wearing face coverings, social distancing, and if you're exposed, quarantining. Wait, what? <laughs> did, did you hear what I just heard? Yeah, so even if you take the vaccine, she's saying, hey, just a reminder, you still need to wear a mask, you still need a social distance, and if you come in close contact with somebody who's COVID positive, you still need a quarantine. Well, then why am I taking the vaccine? <laughs> Please help me out here. Because I know, and Governor Byrd even said this, hey, if you social distance, you're not going to get COVID. <laughs> All right, so she just said, even if you get the vaccine, you need to wear a mask, you need to social distance, and you need to quarantine. Okay, keep that in mind, because I'm going to play a couple clips for you here that you're going to go, your brain's going to scramble. So, at the, so that was like probably midway through the press where Molly Howell says that. Towards the end of the presser, Governor Burgum stands up and says this. But if people don't like the mitigation measures, then get in line and get your vaccine. So I was just told by the immunization program manager, hey, if I get the vaccine, I still need to wear a mask, do all these social mitigation things. Governor Burgum at the end says, hey, if you don't like these mitigation measures, then get the vaccine. Now, keep in mind, Molly Howell said at the end of her clip there, even if you get the vaccine, you come in close contact with somebody who's COVID positive, you still you still need to quarantine. Now, this is a doctor from St. Alexis Health. She was introduced today. She also publicly took the vaccine, but I wanna share with you, this is right out of the gates. She walks up to the mic, says hello, and then says this. First of all, I'm getting vaccinated because like most of you, I don't have time to sit around for a week and a half in self-isolation waiting for this disease. What? <laughs> She just said as a doctor, hey, the reason I'm getting the vaccine is I don't have to quarantine, essentially. But yet Molly Howell just told you, hey, even if you get the vaccine, you come in contact with someone COVID positive, you still need to quarantine. And then they wonder why you and I sit at home and go, I'm going to just put on Netflix because you don't know how to make any sense of this stuff. Because as we've said many times on the show, so much of it just seems arbitrary. So 
Anyway, I did reach out to the North Dakota Joint Information Center about the discrepancy between Molly Howell and Governor Burgum. She said, hey, Chris, you know, good question. They're both true. I can post it on social media for you if you, if you want to see more information. Now, when it comes to therapeutics, we played a clip for you last night. Many of you emailed the show. Uh, Ivermectin, I believe, is how you pronounce it. I may get the name you know, somewhat wrong. But anyways, based on a study out of Argentina that did use placebos, it was 100% effective as a prophylactic, which means you could take it before you've even had COVID, and it's going to help fight against you even you know, having that possibility of getting COVID. So today, at the presser, virtually... I asked, is North Dakota using this drug to help fight COVID? If they use it as a prophylactic, and if not, why not? Here's the reaction. Chris Berg, Point of View Values Live. Uh, is North, North Dakota using ivermectin as a therapeutic for COVID-19 patients um, or as a prophylactic? Prophylactic, if not, why not? So that's interesting. That has come up with our physician advisory group. Um, and uh, the infectious disease physicians around the state uniformly feel that unless there are placebo-controlled trials um, for uh, the treatment agents, um, they're not going to be incorporating them. And ivermectin does not have placebo-controlled trials. And when you, so I dug into the literature a little further just because uh, there was one provider um, particularly who, who is really a believer. Um, so I guess it depends upon where you go, whether ivermectin is uh, being used because there's one person in the state who I think is a fan. So there it is. Uh, they said, hey, we're, we don't have any sort of peer-reviewed placebo type of studies. I got the same response from Sanford and Essential, so we'll see where this thing goes. And if it continues to prove that, hey, this is a great therapeutic, hopefully we'll put it in play here in North Dakota. But I asked you last night, why are we not doing that? Many of you text, emailed, called into the show. We're going to get to that in a moment because you knew exactly why. Quickly here, because I do want to get to your feedback as well. Um, just so you know, there's a great interview I did earlier today with Minnesota Senator Mark Johnson. Uh, he's out of the area that represents uh, East Grand Forks. Um, so go to our Facebook page, watch the interview. Maybe we'll play that for you later in the week. We talked about what's happening in East Grand Forks. As I mentioned at the top of the show, you've got a lot of businesses now in Minnesota saying, hey, look, I'm just going to defy your orders, Governor Wall. This is ridiculous what you're doing. It's not based on data. I'm going to open up, and if you want to try and come and prosecute all of us, go for it. So I asked Governor Walls, saying, hey, this is what these people are saying they're going to do. What's your and Minnesota AG Keith Ellison's strategy to try to rein these people in? Here's his response. Turn the line of Chris Burke from Valley News Live. Your line is now open. Governor and your team, thanks so much for doing this again. We appreciate it. Um, as you know, there's been a situation up here with the, in East Grand Forks with the Boardwalk Bar and Grill Restaurant um, defying your executive order. They're now facing fines and whatnot. There's a list of about 150, 200 small restaurants, businesses, gyms that say hey, they're going to open up tomorrow even though you've extended this executive order. What, what are you and Minnesota AG Keith Ellison going to do? Are you going to go out and prosecute all these people, or what's your strategy with this? Well, no, thanks, Chris. And as, as I've said all along, and I, I, I can't say it enough, um, this virus did not hit every business equally. Um, just because of the nature I was talking about, you could be in a manufacturing plant with a lot of distance amongst people, masked up, very 
uh, very uh, predictable behavior, we've not seen a lot of outbreaks there. Bars with large numbers of strangers coming in, the nature of eating and drinking, having the mask off, we saw more come up. What that meant was is every nation in the world started to mitigate those types of activities. Unfortunately, here, we didn't couple it in, in many cases with enough economic support to, to help them with public health. Now, we did do that today. They're going to receive um, about a quarter of a billion dollars will be put out. And what I would say to the folks is I understand their frustration, but just like so many things, there's a social compact. It's just unfair to all these businesses who are following the rules to try and protect public health to not try and enforce the rules we put in place. And I think it's important to note is that well over 99% plus are doing exactly that. So I understand the sentiment there. State of Minnesota has procedures in place. Public health folks are, are able to, to talk to folks. There's also measures, as you saw, like in, this, in the unfortunate situation in East Grand Forks, um, that suspension of a liquor license or something. And I will note in that case that they have every right to, and they did, it went to court where the courts ruled in the legality of this and issued a temporary restraining order. That's not that doesn't involve the administration. That involves now the judicial system where a judge issued an order and that order was not followed. And in any civil society, that has to be enforced. And so what our hope is is that there's going to be some mitigation here. The gyms are going to be able to open up at a certain degree. Um, some of these brew pubs are going to be able to operate outside. All these businesses are going to receive some direct payment support. And now with vaccinations and an end going that I think many folks with their frustrations being real and I'll validate them um, see that maybe we're, we're getting closer to an end on this so we'll just go through the procedure as it stands again I want to thank all the folks who who followed us along with a clear understanding that it's really painful so are you going to go and prosecute this or not lot to discuss here. We've got much more. Like I said, go to our Facebook page, Senator Mark Johnson, Minnesota State Senator out of the East Grand Forks area. That interview up. Maybe we'll play that for you tomorrow. And as always, please share your point of view with us. We want to get to some of your points of view coming up here in just a moment. Email us, text us, leave us a voicemail. What you heard there from the North Dakota and Minnesota pressers earlier today.